Welcome to Vancouver Current Worldwide. My name is Ray Talili. Today, we're going to talk about the geopolitical implications of a post-oil world. Spencer, Spencer, how are you doing? Hey, not too bad at all, Ray. Thanks for this opportunity. Greatly appreciate it. Well, you know what? Um, I'm really looking forward to hearing your take, being that you're really, I mean, you're at ground zero of oil economy, basically, in Calgary. So what's going on in Calgary these days? Um, I'm glad to share that insight with you, brother. Awesome. You know, like, basically, there's, it, the, the end of oil is near. The end is nigh. <laughs> and so there's going to be a big shakeup. Obviously, the process is going to take a few years, and we're still going to need fuel and oil for all kinds of things. So it's not completely going away, but the uh, the shift to a green economy is happening. And uh, there's no doubt about it that the COVID pandemic has really helped accelerate that trend. Would you agree? Yeah, I'd agree on, on the, the trajectory that we're on. I don't think we're in agreement on the same timeline, but that's what uh, civilized people do. We have conversations about those things. You know, the planet as a whole has been pretty much addicted to oil for, you know, plus or minus a few years, call it 100 years. I don't see this as being something that happens uh, cold turkey, uh, so to speak, if we look at it in that model. I don't think we're going into rehab and then we come out, you know, we go to our oil anonymous meetings and we're done. I'm looking at more of a methadone kind of clinic. You know, we kind of, <laughs> yeah, we've been treated, you know, we're out now. But, um, you know, we, we go in and get, you know, something that's not as bad for us, but allows us to function um, without uh, drastic side effects. That's what I think. And I know I, that, that I, I you made reference to the timeline being quite early. And, and I'm thinking it may very well be another three, maybe four generations before, um, you know, the, you'd look at oil and, and there still will be oil burn, but, it, you know, obviously not on the same kind of scale that we're looking at it now. Right. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. I mean, really ever since uh, um, Roosevelt made his famous handshake on uh, mm -hmm. the USS Quincy in 1945 with uh, King Ibn Saud, all politics, geopolitics, uh, war and peace. And it's affected pretty much everything, the Gulf Wars, and it's everywhere. I'm not going to bash big oil. I, I just don't see a point in that, given that oil has been a, a miraculous, it's a miracle fuel. I mean, it's, it's just done so much for humanity. The benefits, we've benefited so much from it. So I'm going to express my, my, my gratitude to the engineers and, uh, and all the people that, that made that happen because uh, our lives are so much better because of it. Agree. That having been yeah. said, yeah, uh, that having been said, was Alberta too slow in shift in, in coming to the, you know, to having that moment of like, oh, geez, like this, the party's over. Has, has Alberta been too slow, do you think? Uh, well, you know, you know? I, I get. Um, I don't think so. You know, and I, I, I'd, um, I think we'd have to both initially agree that the party's over. And um, although you know, you see it as um, you know, uh, everybody's grabbing their coats and the music's turned off and somebody's dimming the lights. I see this more as you know what I'm. I'm kind of looking at the bar and we're kind of running out of beer. Um, and then I'm kind of wondering, do we make one more beer run or you know? Um, but uh, that rather, you know, I don't hear anybody, you know, 
making that final, you know, this is the final song type thing, party's over. Um, not to that extent. I, I want to say before I go much further, I want to say that I'm not an advocate for, I'm not against um, working uh, to get our carbon footprint footprint down. I'm not against uh, the greenery of the, the planet and reducing. I mean, one thing that we have, if there's one good takeaway from COVID, it's looking at those cities around the world that can now, people can actually walk the streets and not um, without masks, you know, outside of COVID, but they can actually breathe the air. Cities where people can actually see the skies. Um, parts the skies in, India, in Delhi. That's right. You know, parts in India that I haven't seen the Himalayas in decades and they can now see them again. So uh, those are good things. But but here, like in, in Canada, in Western Canada in all, and in other parts of the world, um, if we don't have access to hydroelectricity, um, then what are we going to do? Um, it's We're going to burn something. So is it going to be oil? Is it going to be gas? Is it going to be coal? Because... We need coal. Can't be coal. That's okay. That's for sure. For and, sure. And, and right? burning oils, uh, burning any fossil fuels, a no-no now. Although, would, okay. is nuclear energy considered? A, it's not a fossil fuel, I guess. But uh, no, no. But okay. But then I we're think, like, okay. Yeah. What What do we do? What do we do with what's left over from that? Because that's not that's not that that's that's not clear. That's not clean, right? We're still going to be left with a byproduct with a half life of God knows how long, and we're going to have to do something with it. Human beings, as a, as a species, we're very, very good at repeating what we've done in the past that has become, um, <laughs> we'd like to say, successful. But we continue along until such time that it, th those options are removed from us. And, you know, what did big tobacco do when in, in uh, the first world countries, we kind of shut that down? The realization that, you know what, you've been lying. Uh, oh, yeah. Well, there's a master's of right? Yeah, Masters what did they about uh, disinformation? Exactly. So, what did they do with all those cigarettes? Because it wasn't as if they said, "Oh, you know what? You're right. We'll, we'll dump them." Those guys were actually the pioneers of fake news. <laughs> okay, I'm not, not really. I'm not disagreeing. <laughs> I'm not. No, I'm not disagreeing. Yeah. But I. But actually, what they did was they simply took that stock. Um, they retooled their marketing. They targeted at um, emerging economies, developing worlds in Asia. And then blasted that media message to them and then had that portion of the world consume that excess product. That's what they did. Right. So, I mean, if you, you look at big tobacco, I mean, on their balance sheets and I don't know, I'm speculating. I'd, I think you'd probably see a shortfall in revenues in the developed world. And we look in, in the I... developing world, you'd see an increase an uptake to balance that out. I think you'll see the same well... thing with oil. I think we'll see oil reduced in the developed worlds, being burned in industry, being burned um, in our transportation. That will con that will considerably be reduced, and then we'll look at emerging economies, and you'll see that displacement of of um, of those resources there. I mean, it would I think me thinking I think it would be unfair to go to um, parts of Asia and Africa and go okay now. Um, you don't get to use oil. You don't get to use a cheaper fuel to get to raise your standard of living, to to build up your infrastructure, to build up your industry. Being Calgary, right? You've yeah. 
your downtown is what 30% vacancy rate. You've got entire skypes, skyscrapers oh, yeah. that are completely yeah, right. empty, right? Yeah, yeah. Right? You yeah. if then so there's a bunch of basically petro states around the world yeah. that are in deep trouble, right? Because Agreed. the demand is diminishing and it's going to to accelerate. So I mean, if Alberta was a state unto itself, it would be not as bad as some of the other petro states that are in deeper trouble. At least Alberta is part of the Canadian Federation. Like in Canada, the oil and gas revenue counts for somewhere between five and seven percent, if I'm not mistaken. In Alberta, okay. it's 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 a full on twenty percent of of the economy. Or I'm, I'm, these are rough numbers, right? Okay. You, I mean, how do you? pivot away from that what's the talk of the town you know you hear stuff in saudi arabia how they're uh, they've got these uh, you know a lot of the rich arabs the gulf uh, council countries they're all about uh, trying to spend hundreds of billions of dollars uh, trying to switch over to tourism or to what have you right with sure. uh, and they've got massive so sovereign wealth funds by the way so they've got like all their investments all over the world i think the situation in alberta is not so bad in that it, it's it's a stable, democratic country, right? Out Canada, right? So, but if you look at some of these other states, think about how that's going to affect uh, less stable countries around the world. So, if you look at like what are the most vulnerable countries, we've got uh, the big ones are I mean, obviously Saudi Arabia, right? I'm actually looking at a, a site here. It's called Carbon Tracker, and actually mm -hmm. lists the most vulnerable countries, and it's funny because there's a lot of countries around the world that affect that are affected by this by this change out of oil essentially or or depressed oil prices, right? And, and the list is long. It's it's really long. You've got all these countries in the Middle East, Saudi Arabia, Kuwait, Oman. Then you go into Africa, you've got like countries that really don't need extra problems, like South Sudan. Cameroon produces oil too. And then you've got these uh, the big ones, Nigeria. Nigeria is a massive country with a lot of people, 200 and something million people. You've got like Mexico gets 20% of its revenue from, uh, from oil and gas, which is huge. And so the Iran, Iran, Iraq. Yeah. Um, anyway, so the, the list is long. But here's, here's a question for you. Do you think that the... A lot of a lot of funding uh, for for Islamic uh, or religious fundamentalism, religious extremism, has has really derived. A lot of that funding has come from from oil revenue. Would you you would you agree with that point? Okay. Yeah, Every time we're putting indeed. gas in our car, we're kind of uh, you know terror uh, in direct. I don't know if, I don't know if so, I'm going to go that far, Ray, but I, I understand where you're going with that. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Sure. Um, okay. Maybe I'm being uh, a little extreme myself there, but yeah, the point is, is <laughs> the point um, is, do you think that with the diminution of uh, uh, of oil revenue in a lot of these uh, uh, countries where uh, Wahhabi-style Islam is is uh, is encouraged, do you think that because there'll be less 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 money that we'll see less Islamic extremism? Over the um, next uh, few decades, do you think it's it's do you think it's kind of coming down now? Not now, because you know, let, let's look at world uh, global oil prices, right? Like, I mean, I um, I understand, um, you know, we want a greener planet, we want this, but those things don't happen overnight. And you know, from a, 
uh, a global economy point of view, we, as much as you know, we'd like to change those things, we can't have them hap- uh, happen overnight because the anarchy that would ensue would completely take away from um, the benefits of switching over. That's not going to work. Are there going to be issues in the Middle East? That's what you're alluding to when, with, well, uh, any for place sure, that's, any yeah, place any, that's, that's highly dependent on, on, on oil, um, on no oil revenue, right? There's Any no that doubt. has a high percentage of its, we talked about Alberta having 20%. So what do you, yeah. there's some states that are like 80% yeah, of their revenue no. comes from oil. That's okay. That's well, insane, like, you know what? Right? I, I don't think that person in, I, I don't think that that percentage, if we just picked a country X and said that 80% today, 80% of their uh, revenue comes from oil and we're looking at it. 10 years from now, what percentage of the revenue comes from oil? And I think it might be 65 or 70%. What I think will happen is the price of oil will, as the demand for oil falls off, the price of oil will fall as well. Water finds its own level. And then at, you know what, if you're going to try and sell me on solar or wind or whatever, as I try to if I'm in a developing country and I'm looking at the price of that per kilowatt hour is X, and yet I can burn, let's just go with oil, which I have abundant, I have actually refineries, and I can burn it at a at X minus whatever percent, I'm going to go, well, you know what, until such time that I've got a standard of living where my people aren't living in shanty towns and that I've got paved streets and so on and so forth, I'm going to choose oil. And the plan is to get to net zero, right, by 2050 for most countries, right? 2030 for some, 2040, 2050. Is, so, is, I'm, I'm so, going to ask this question out of ignorance. Is that for everybody on the planet? Is that the no, same for people developed have different, nations? No, no, okay. no All right. there are okay. different targets. Like I think China, China's in at uh, 2060, I think. Okay. Some are going to hit it at 20, 2030, right? Yeah, um, but the thing is, is that um, because it's going to be harder and harder to get funding for new projects, like uh, you want a oil sands project or pipelines, banks, insurance companies, they're all divesting themselves from it. So it might actually have this weird effect of actually pushing as less and less like projects come online, it's actually have this weird effect of uh, pushing, uh, pushing the oil prices up as there'll be a bit of a squeeze as to w- what's remaining. You know, you know oh. what I mean? It's kind of like okay, the, that weird thing is, is, a, is a weird dynamic happening. I don't see oil in, in, in Alberta being, being there because it, it just costs us too much to produce a barrel of oil compared to other points, parts in the world. We basically just kind of getting it out of the ground, right? So I, I just think, yeah, it's, um, it's, yeah, it's complex. The taps, it's, it's yeah, expensive it, to know, extract. It's arduous, and, yeah, and, it is. Uh, and the taps here right. will will slowly be turned off for sure. And it's for sure. and it's carbon intensive. Right? So, Agreed. Yeah. So my yeah. earlier comments were were built not just weren't specific to selling um, Alberta oil to the world. We're looking. I, I was thinking more along the lines of oil in general forever. I was thinking more out of um, North Africa and the Middle East. It because they can pull it out. It, my understanding is unbelievably cheap for them to produce oil. 
Like it's it depends. Very, yeah, very, some countries like right? like Saudi Arabia, they can just stick a straw in the sand and it comes and out. Basically, like, you, know, yeah. you know, they have very generous social programs. They're kind of like welfare states, and so it's, it's like cost them whatever it is. I don't know that I'm like fifteen bucks a barrel to be profitable. Their budgets to meet their budgets, they have to to. It has to be at one hundred and twenty dollars a barrel or whatever it is. Oh, for them that, to actually wow. meet their budgets. So, so that's the problem they have, right? So they've got so they so they have to. They've started some of these countries, like uh, some of the Gulf Gulf state countries, have started to impose more taxes and kind of reduce all these programs slowly, right? Because they don't have a well, choice. So yeah, well, they're not going to be so, making uh, their budgets going forward. That that's not going to happen. I don't well, see that happening. Uh, but to your earlier point about uh, terrorist organizations, um, well, with you, you know, when you're turning off the taps, uh, just like any business, you're going to have to cut down on um, expenditures. You're going to have to cut down places where you're able to give money before. You're just not going to have the money to give. So I don't think um, I don't think that they're going to be able to do that. I don't think if those organizations, and I'm saying if if those organizations were counting revenues. Um, then I don't think those revenues are going to be there for them. I have a question for you, Ray, along the same lines. Um, with uh-huh. with uh, oil, the taps being turned off, and um, uh, Western society, as it were, the Western world, with its vested interests in those regions of the world since 1940s, you know, um, yeah. coming forward to today, what do you, what do you think is going to happen? Because for the most part, they've been the, the um, the hall monitors, as it were, in the Middle East for decades now, right? Um, it's not, um, a lot of it isn't just um, the altruism or good or goodwill of, uh, of certain countries, um, UK, US, uh, France, yeah, and so on. No, there's been a vested interest. So with those yeah, interests you- being removed, do you, do you, yeah. see, do you see them st- maintaining that role of peacekeeper or of hall monitor, or do you actually see them removing themselves and then letting anarchy reign there? What's your thought on that? Interesting. Um, yeah, the U.S. Fifth Fleet isn't stationed in uh, in Qatar. I think it is for for photo ops. You know. Um, <laughs> yeah. Exactly. You know, I, I I just think that the region, like, it's going to go back to. Uh, I read an article recently. Um, uh, that was basically suggesting that it's going to go back to it it being like it always was since the beginning of time. There are like the major players there are like Iran, Turkey, and Egypt. Those are the, the, the big ones, right? Uh, and of course, Israel. So you've got Saudi Arabia and Kuwait and, uh, you know, like... Uh, the, who knows? The UAE is kind of coming up, but but they'll they'll just they just won't be as important. They won't play such an, an outsized role in the world as they have up until now. It's going to go back to being the old like Iran and Turkey and Egypt. That's what I think. Does that answer your question? Yeah, but yeah. I, it was twofold. I should have opened the door on the second question. Now, um, in that. In in that uh, theory or that model that we're looking at, and um, those peacekeepers or countries that have kind of made peace or kept the peace there, if they to remove themselves, then there's an extended conflict in that particular 
part of the world. What do you think that that will do to uh, oil prices? I, I think, you know, a conflict, a conflict in, the, it, a, a, a conflict in the, the, the Persian Gulf would obviously just drive the, the price of oil. Mind you, is it, is it, yeah, no, it would still drive the, the, price, the of price of oil through, through the roof, right? Is there but, anybody that would that you can think of that would directly benefit from said conflict? No, not really, because the, it's the consumers. Okay. Consumers would get hammered, right? Um, like the guy at the gas station. The the end users would get completely. So it, it would cripple. Like if, let's say um, you had country A that would that would benefit because it's an oil producer. And, and it would see its its prices go up, right? Let's let's take Alberta. Let's say Alberta was like, hey, um, there's a conflict in the Middle East, oil, and suddenly, wow, like the price of oil goes up. Well, Alberta benefits, but not really because the consumer, it never really benefits. It's gonna it's gonna end up costing. You know, uh, it's gonna cost you more money to put gas in your car. It's gonna cost you a lot more, like a okay. lot more, right? Okay. So I, I don't see it as as as. Uh, so you don't see Venezuela, uh, you don't see Russia, or uh, the U.S., who's now, I think, that the, uh, largest the biggest oil producer, oil, yeah. You, you don't see them benefiting going forward, if, if that were, if that conflict were to happen. And we're just no, I don't think right? so. I, okay. I don't think right. so. I think it would, because it would just push the price of all consumer goods, like shipping, and, and it would, uh, yeah, that would be problematic. It, the, the cost of everything would go up, the cost of food, the cost of... The cost of, uh, of products, everything would would somehow be affected by that aircraft travel. There'd be too much the oil markets too tight. One thing goes wrong, it's kind of right? there's a bit of a glut right now. But how do you see uh, how do you see uh, like Calgary or Alberta like pivoting to to what? Like it's got to come out of it's got to reinvent itself. Right. Oh, I mean, good it can't question. stick to yeah. the same old, same old. Right. Like it's, it just can't. It has to adapt. It has to change. It has to evolve. Like, what's the, what are the rumors? Is it? Uh, it's going. It's going to the high tech. Is it? It's, it's going high tech. It's going to become becoming the, like a tech hub. Like, what's the deal? Yeah. Well, we, are there um, any other oil producing nations on in on the planet that could produce oil to offset yeah. that which would not be coming out of the Middle East? That could see gains from an extended conflict in the Middle East. No, I was going to say those are the things that we can offer, right? Stable, uh, stable environment. Uh, granted, the weather's not as great as being um, the southern parts of the U.S., but um, uh, you know, a great, a great economy, great city, and um, we've got the infrastructure. So yeah, we can get high tech if high if we can make it attractive enough. Um, we could become the high tech center um, of the north. It's still um, affordable to buy a house there too. Yeah, it's one the, of the I mean, like most affordable places, and and a very safe, very, very safe, clean. good standard of living. Yeah. yeah. All right, and we got um, you know tons of space, mountains, green space, and, green nice, space, yeah. rivers. So no, it's a good place to live. It's a great place to raise families. Um, a good, as I said, uh, good, stable government and safe cities. So we've got a lot to offer. Um, do we have some retooling to do? No doubt. We have. How long is that going to sure. take? Is it know, like, are we talking like a decade here? Um, 
It's a matter of resources. We could we could turn around, I wouldn't say tomorrow, but we could get it done in a couple of years if we had the resources pumped into it. But it takes time to uh, sequester those resources. It takes time to uh, build those plans, make it attractive, get a couple of key players in, and the rest will come. It, it, it's a timing thing, right? That, uh, as it is um, everywhere in the world. Thank you very much, Spencer. We are out of time for this podcast. I hope you'll join join me again uh, sometime, Mr. Spencer. Hey, Ray, it has been a pleasure. Um, I look forward to it. If you have another opportunity, for sure, I'd love to talk your ear off. I greatly appreciate it. And to your uh, your many fans out there, I know you're growing that fan base. I'm looking forward to you. Uh, I think you made some fun at going to double digits. <laughs> I'm looking forward to when you get to the... <laughs> few thousand. Um, but again, Ray, I appreciate this opportunity. It's been great chatting with you. Hey, that's awesome. Thank you very much, Spencer. To all our listeners, um, thank you very much for tuning in. Catch us next week at the same time.